today I'm going to give you a verse, Hebrews chapter 11. It's verse 6, and I'm reading out the ERV. And it says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Whoever would draw near, near to God must believe that he exists and that he would reward those who seek him. See, in life, we always go through challenges and through uh, trials and through tribulations. And this is what I mostly um, try to teach throughout uh, youth, is that we cannot do anything without God. God is our strength and our refuge. Um, a lot of times, I know in my life, I struggle with um, trying to find God in ways that are even just the smallest and insignificant, okay? And I know um, through this past year, you know, I've been trying to read my word more. So every night before I go to bed, I, I read my word. And, uh, but through that, I realized that God is there in just the smallest things, and that he actually helps me throughout my day, and that I didn't even, in ways I haven't even noticed. And so I think with that, I hope you can understand that God is there for you, even when you think he's not. It can be the biggest things in the world, or it can be just the smallest thing, like you losing your keys and you finding them on the counter where they were supposed to be. <laughs> so with that, um, I would like to welcome you to New Life Community Church. And, but instead of shaking hands today, I'm going to say something different. I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to pray for them, okay? Because pray, with prayer, we need, we need prayer, right? And everyone needs prayer. I know everyone doesn't come up here and ask pastor for prayer. So I want you to turn to the person next to you and pray for them. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting every, each and every one of us come together as a body in Christ, Father God, to have fellowship in you, Father God. I know it's times during the week that we may struggle with our faith or we may come across people that challenge our faith, Father God. But through you, we know that, we know that um, anything is possible and that um, any illness, any um, family problem, any, any work problem may be solved through you, Father God. So we just want to show our gratitude and um, give back to you, Father God. So I bless this offering. Let it come back tenfold so that... Um, Whenever you use this uh, money for whatever you use this offering for, Father God, it may be used for um, the glory of you and may exalt you in your name. Amen. Hi, everybody. I have good news. Pastor will be back next week. <laughs> and I tell you the truth, I'm more excited than any of you. <laughs> I, I love when he gets away. I know he needs the time. And I'm more than honored and humbled to, to help him out but I'm so thankful when he comes back I'm just uh, really thankful <laughs> what the Lord's put on my heart to share with you guys is faith and uh, I have Hebrews 11.1 1 is the, my favorite thing in faith Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is, that's, I always think about that, uh, something that we're believing in, trusting in. We can't see it yet, but we know it's coming because we've given it to God, trusting in him. And there's two words that describe faith, confidence and assurance. 
These two qualities need a secure beginning and an ending point. The beginning is the point of faith is that in believing in God's character. Well, if we can believe in God, then we can believe for an answer. Our problem is we got to be believing in that answer. We know that he'll do it, but we got to believe that he will do it. It's like when you're praying for somebody that's sick. I know God can heal. God tells us in the word and over and over that it is his will to heal. It's his will. My thought and my part is, now do you believe what the word says for it to happen? And I have to say, yeah, I believe it. God said it, I believe it. And that's what we do. The point the ending point is believing God's promises. That's our job. And when I, uh, I wrote down here that uh, different people in uh, Hebrews 11 that lived by faith, I got Abraham, I got Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joseph. These men were awesome men of, of the Old Testament of faith. And when I read about those men and I... I think they were, they're just like us. They didn't have no supernatural power. They didn't have even the Holy Spirit living within them because the Holy Spirit hadn't come till the New Testament. But what they did have, they had God. And God talked to them. God talked to Moses. He started talking to Moses in a burning bush. I can't imagine what that was like. He would talk to him in a cloud. He talked to him in so many different ways. And Moses had to go through a lot of trials with us people, the Israelites, I should say. But I think it's us too. We, uh, people, we get stubborn. As it said here in the, in the Bible, stiff-necked, that's what they were. Not, uh, you think about what all they got to go through. They, uh, they saw all that God did in Egypt and the wrath that he put on all those people. God opened a Red Sea for them to go through, did everything, and then what happened? The next thing, you know, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. They didn't say, God, can you give me something? God, can you help me? No. They complained, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I want to go back. We never want to go back. The back, going back is not where God wants us to go. And it's easy to say that, but have you ever moved someplace and then you've lived there a long time and then you, you went back to the old place where you used to live and how thought about that place and you looked at that place and you thought, did I live there? Was those my friends? You know, and you think, oh, thank God I'm where I'm at. I mean, really, I've done that and I'm saying, oh, God, I... I I used to live in Ohio. I was born in Ohio. And I think I don't ever want to go back to Ohio. I think about it, and my son lives there. And I talk to him. In fact, I was talking to him last night, and he tells me how cold it is, how nasty it is, the weather, snow on, ice. And I'm thinking, oh, thank God I'm here in California. I thank God every day I'm in California and I'm not in Ohio. My other son lives in, in Ohio. Jimmy lives in Indiana, but still, it's right there. 
and it's so cold there. And I said, bless your heart, honey, I'm out here, you know. But that's where I came from. Now, we all have different things that we go through. And I think about uh, when I was reading, thinking about this, and I remember and I was talking to Pastor Dennis about this, about uh, Aaron, Moses and Aaron. You know, and he made that golden calf. Now, do you realize, I was reading it, and I realized, and I hadn't realized this before, and I read the Bible through every year. I just, I'm, I'm a Bible reader. But I did not catch, God just brings those little nuggets in your mind, but I did not catch where before uh, Moses went up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, that first he had the priests, and Aaron and, and, and Joshua, and they went up so far, but then they had, they drank and they ate with God. I read that and I'm going, and then he came back down and made a golden calf. If I would have ate and had something with the Lord, that's the last thing I'm wanting to do is build a golden calf for these idiots, believing in uh sacrificing to that when I had the Lord. I had God right there. Why would I do that? And I'm thinking, Aaron, where was your brain at? I'm thinking some of these people, their brains sort of stopped. You know, they just went right off. They didn't think about it. But I, I, I read that and I'm thinking, mm-mm, mm-mm. But how much do we get like that? God does a miracle in your life. Say you're sick. Say you're desperate for something, and God supplied it. God supplied you the money to build something. God gave you health. God gave you something. And the next thing you turn around and sort of turn your nose to the Lord, well, I'm not going to go to church now. I don't. I got other things to do. I got, you know, we just do that. We build that little golden calf. Think about that golden calf. And then what did God do? I mean, what did Moses do? He ground it up, put it in water, and made him drink it. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I'm sorry, you know. But I think that I saw that, and I'm thinking, how much God loves us. And how much he loved Aaron and, and all of them. And they would do a stupid thing like that. Uh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I try to think, God, don't let me get that dumb. Don't, don't ever let me get that dumb and insensitive to your word, insensitive to feeling you, Lord, where I would do some foolish thing like that that I would regret the rest of my life. And I know he did. I know he regretted that the rest of his life. But we do do things like that, and that's a shame. But that's... You know, but we need to keep keeping our faith in God. And then I go to Mark eleven twenty two through 24. And it says, have faith in God. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. 
And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. Well, I've read this, that one first part of Mark 11, 22, many times through many pastors. And I, I guess I am very densely populated in the brain at times. I admit it. But I just didn't catch what it was. And then all of a sudden, I realized what the mountain was. The mountain, what is it you're going through? Like right now, my mountain is, uh, I have a daughter that's going through radiation. She's got four more weeks of it. I have a mountain of believing that my daughter is coming through that, going to be in good health. There's not going to be a problem. That's my mountain. Some of us have different kinds of mountains. We have, right now, maybe, I know you guys are going through a loss. There's your mountain. But you know what? God's going to bring you through that mountain. And you're going to be so victorious over And you're going to be strong over it. You're thinking right now, no, I can't see it. But trust God, and you will see. That mountain's going to be thrown into that sea. You're going to have such... But it's not going to happen overnight. I wish things did happen overnight. I wish we could just click our fingers and things would be, people would be well. Our bills would be paid. Everything would happen. We could just, yep, it's done. But that is not the way God works. He's never done it before. He, not that he couldn't. Not that he can't. And I've seen God heal people right away. That's nothing that he can't do. But a lot of times he wants us to work through it, trust him. Are you really believing in me that I'm going to do it? And we're wanting to say yes. So there's three things that we need to realize in this and what I read that we're needing to remember. First, we've got to have faith. Faith. Don't doubt what God's telling you. Don't doubt his word. And the last of all, forgiveness is forgive. And like I said, what is our mountain in life? It could be loneliness. I remember it's so easy to be lonely if you live by yourself or even if you have six kids in your household. <laughs> you can still be lonely. You can still be lonely. Sickness, trouble in your marriage or in your home, maybe something else, but be encouraged. Jesus shows the way that the mountain to be removed. Talk to him about it. Just be honest with the Lord. You know, sometimes I think that we try to talk to the Lord in a wishy-washy way thinking he really doesn't know what's going on. But you know what? He really knows what's going on. And he's wanting us to be honest about what's really going on and tell him, this is what's going on in my life. And you know what you do? You cry and you get down on your knees. Or if you can't like I can, I just get in my chair. And there's been many, many times that I've cried out to God and I and I'll share this thing with you. I know maybe it's silly, uh, 
but it's not to me. There's been times when I've gone through so many trials, having six children, and it was before I'm, I married my wonderful husband over here, but uh, just so many difficulty things was going on. And I remember in my bedroom this one time, and I was desperately crying out to God, and it was just like he was there. I can't explain it. But it's like he just took me and I was up against his chest and he was holding me and helping me through it. My heart was breaking and I needed him. But he's done that to me so many times when I've gone through problems. So many times he was there. Maybe I couldn't see him, but I'm telling you, I could feel his presence there. And I knew he was holding me and he was helping me to get through it. Many times, and now even in my house where I'm at now, I have a chair. I have my chair, and if you know my house, I got my chair, and then I got this chair right here. And there's been many, many times when I've been crying out to him about different things that I'll just put my hand on the arm of that chair, and it's just like I'm believing he's there, and he's holding my hand, whatever it is. Now, that's the way we're needing to be with God. We're needing to believe, yes, he's right there. He hears that prayer. He knows what I'm feeling, and I'm opening up my heart to him, and I'm telling him everything because I need him to be there. I need him to hear my prayer and to answer my prayer. That's the way you've got to be, people. You've got to open it up. You've got to be vulnerable on the inside. He's just let him see it. There ain't nobody around. It's just you and him. When you're praying, you know, you don't have nobody. I never have no one in my room when I'm praying. I want to pray just with him and me. And there's times when I'm desperate prayer. And there's times that I'm a happy prayer. And there's times that I'm joyous prayer. And I'm just shouting and I want to get up and I want to stomp and I want to sing and I want to praise him. And that's a good thing too. There's all kinds, but it takes faith. Faith, faith to do that. Because you've got to believe he's there. He says in his word, I'm there. I'm always with you. I've never left you. Sometimes we forget that. We sort of, well, he doesn't hear my prayer. He doesn't care about me. I'm not perfect. Well, tell me who is perfect. Show me except for Jesus Christ. None of us are perfect. We're never going to be perfect. We're not supposed to be. And so we need to do a lot of things. Prayer is one of them. Get involved. You know, one of the other things I think it is so important as a Christian to have good Christian friends. I got close, good friends. You know what? And they're Christians. And I trust them. I trust them with my life. I can tell them anything. I know they won't share one word of it. And they know that they could share with me, and I won't share one word of it either. That's faith. We've got to have faith in our friends. We've got to have faith in God. You've got to have faith in your church. We've got an awesome pastor here, an awesome man of God. You just... 
I pray for that man every day. And if you don't, shame on you. Because you know what? If you don't, the devil can come and try. But if we keep him covered in the blood, if we keep him covered, the devil hasn't got a chance of, of causing any friction in our church. But it takes us to do that. So get involved. I know Liz will help you out any way you want it. <laughs> get involved. Pastor will help you out in any way you want to get involved in here. Go to a Bible study. Get a prayer group going. In fact, we'll be praying on the 21st. If you don't have anything going on on the 21st, on a, no, the 28th, 21st is Bible study at Nathania's house. 28th is prayer meeting at my house. Come, get involved. Get involved and just start praying. And just remember who you are, where you have come from, and how much you owe the Lord. I think about, uh, I don't know where I'm at in my notes. That's probably okay. <laughs> I, I like the verse. There's verses in First uh, Peter chapter 1 that I've stuck with, uh, I think, since a, probably the day that I really got serious with the Lord and realizing who I was. I wrote down here, that I owe him a lot. I've gone through a lot of things with my lifetime. Uh, I was raised by my grandmother. Uh, my mom and daddy got a divorce when I was about seven, eight years old. And uh, my mom had a lot of problems with my father, and so I ended, I ended up living with my grandmother. My grandmother was a party animal. And I'm seriously about that, she just, Party, 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 party. So I never, I was the kind who wanted to go to church all the time. I would go to any church, anytime, and I was saved at 16. My grandmother never went to church. Nobody in my family went to church. But I did. I did. Uh, but I didn't get into the word. See, there's one thing, you got saved. And you need to start getting in the word. Well, I got saved, but I didn't get into the word. And so when you don't get into the word, you start growing away from the Lord. You just do. You got to stay in the word. And I married somebody I shouldn't have married. I have beautiful children from it, though. <laughs> but that did, it was a... a that was a very bad mistake, and a lot of things happened, and he died. And it left me with, uh, at the time, I had four little children. My youngest was three, and I think my oldest was seven when he passed. And just like your babies, my babies didn't understand it either. I remember my one daughter asked me, she says, Mommy, if I'm really, really, really good, will God bring my bad daddy back to me? 
how do you answer that to a little six-year-old? That's not happening. But you had to have faith and trust in God's going to take care of my family, and he did. He took care of the kids, and he took care of me. We went through a lot. A whole lot of things. But still, I'm thankful for what I did go through because you know what? It made me stronger now. Stronger in faith and trusting in God. Because I found out now, I know I can go through a lot of things because I've got God. I couldn't have known that if I hadn't have gone through it. You don't know what you can do till you go through something. And then God says, yes, you can. I'm right here. I'm not leaving you. And then the next thing we go through is, it said on the there, is being doubtful. Do we doubt things that God's going to do for us? Do we doubt his word? And so we go to James 1, 6. And it says, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. You know what? The devil wants, to wants us to doubt. He wants us to fear that we aren't good enough or whatever. These are lies from the devil. That's why we don't, that's why we doubt, because the devil's all the time putting things in our ear. You're not that good. Did you really do that? Did you ask God for forgiveness? I'm telling you, that's the way the devil works, is in our mind. In our mind. Continually. And that's, uh, we're doing the, the full armor of God on, a, on our Bible studies. And there's the one that the helmet of salvation. And that's a good one. We haven't got to it yet, but it's a good one. Because you know what? You need to put that helmet on. You need to put a helmet on saying, yes, I am saved. Yes, I am thinking honorable thoughts. Yes, I am doing what God's wanting me to do. Yes, I am thinking thoughts that giving him glory. Get out of my mind. Because I am covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what's going to take the doubt out. That's what takes the doubt out. Don't ever doubt it. Because you are a child of the Lord God Almighty. You are chosen by a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. Do you realize that? That's what First Peter says. I am a royal priesthood. I am a chosen God, child of God. Now, when you first get saved, when I first got saved and I realized things, I was thinking I wasn't that great. I wasn't that. Why were you seeing something in me, Lord? But this says, yeah, you are. Now you are a royal priesthood. I chose you. I chose you. He chose you. He chose you. He chose you. He chose us all. And he made us a royal priesthood. Can't you just imagine sitting there? I'm a royal priest. I am somebody, honey. I'm somebody. I'm not down there 
I'm not down there. I am right here. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm special. God loves me. He saw something good in me. I didn't see it, but he did. He found, he found something he could do in me. I didn't know he could do anything in me. But here I am talking to you this morning. I didn't think I could do this. I never was called to do this. But I said I would be obedient to the Lord and to Pastor Dennis, and I would do it. And that's what I'm doing. So get strong in your faith. Get strong. Get. Sometimes I think we need to get angry with the devil. Get angry with him. Take your dirty, rotten hands off of me. I remember when I lived in Lawndale, that's when I could really walk and do things. I would go through my house and I would stomp my floor. I would just stomp. I'm stomping the devil. That's what I was doing. I was stomping the devil. I'd have my praise music on and I'd stomp in the devil, getting him out of my house because I didn't want him messing over me. I know it's symbolic things of stomping him, but you know what? It made me feel good. Hey, I felt great after that. I thought, devil's not in my house no more. I kicked him out for a while. It says, resist the devil and he will flee. Well, that's what we need to do. We need to resist that devil, get him out of there. He's not belong in your house. He doesn't belong in your home. Praise God. <laughs> I got to keep up with my notes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> God, forgive me. And then the last one here is forgiveness. This is a good one. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you die... But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Sometimes that is not easy to do. But through Jesus, we can do anything. Uh, I'm not going to go into the circumstances of all that happened with the children's father, but he had some mental issues, and he was a, a very angry man. But I had to forgive him. And though he was gone, I still had to forgive him so that I could have peace in my heart. I just had to, I had to forgive. I have, I had to forgive, a, I have had to forgive a lot of people. And then some people, I've had to re-go back and forgive them again. I know that sounds dumb, but things happened in my life with my children and because of things that happened to my children, things kept coming back to my children. And the things that ha caused this problem, I would forgive them. But then when things happened to, because of these things, I'd have to go back and ask God to forgive them again because I see my children hurting. And when you see your family hurting, it's so hard. But through God's grace, and that's what I'm saying, his grace helps you to forgive people. Whether you want to or not, you've got to do it. You just got to say, I'm forgiven. And then forgive yourself too. You know how many times that the devil plays on us and making us feel unworthy? And you, you need to say, I'm all right. I'm okay. 
And, and then sometimes you may run your mouth and say things that maybe you shouldn't have. Forgive yourself about that. Forgive me, God, for saying those things. I didn't mean to say that, but forgive me. I always think it says in Psalms 139, I love it. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There's been so many times I open that Bible up and I'll read that. And I also read Psalms 51. I love that too. Psalms 51.10. It says, create in me, Lord, a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Oh, I love that. Because when I'm asking God to forgive me, I always think, I say, God, I always tell him this, God, give me a pure heart to you. That's what I'm wanting. I'm wanting such a pure heart. I want a clean heart. I want a pure heart. I don't want nothing in between God and I. He's my heavenly father. He's the Messiah. He's my savior. He saw something in me and in you and in you and in you. Nobody else did. And he forgave you your sins. And he cleansed you. And he made you whole. And he's given you a life of eternity in heaven with him. And why, dear Lord, would we ever think of doing anything that would be against him in this lifetime? There isn't. There just isn't. I'm so sorry, but I just love my God so much. I love him. And he means everything to me. And faith is so important. You know, in the fruits of the Spirit, there's faithfulness. There's joy, there's peace, but there's faithfulness. And you know, in the spiritual gifts, there's the spirit of faith. And it says, faith enables us to believe and receive all God has for us as Christians. And by faith, Walk in the fullness of the gifts and the power of the Spirit. And by faith, proclaim God's word without reservation. Don't be ashamed of God's word. And by faith, dedicate yourself to the work of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Faith. You know, I'm sorry if I offended anybody tonight, but I pray I didn't. I want you all to be close to the Lord. And I just want to say thank you for allowing me to speak this morning. And if you're needing prayer, if you're wanting the Lord in your heart, if you're wanting things changed in your heart, come up and we'll pray. God's here. He's always been here. And may someday, maybe he's just waiting on you. Maybe he's just waiting on you to say, yeah, I want him too. I want that whatever you got. Because he's so real. He's so real. Praise God. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Amen.